I want him to be Marlon's man. Do y'all know who that is? Is this one of the Wayne's brothers? Mm -hmm. Is that a Wayne's brother? Got a flag. Got a flag. It's all those cold winters, man. They just don't know what to do with themselves. I got a punch and fuck everything. Got a flag. Got a flag. Time to find cheap, outdated jerseys like the one I'm wearing right. on eBay. Got a flag. Got a flag. Of the week. One size fits all. What about me? This don't fit on me at all. It's a shame. It's a sin. I don't care. That's the way it's always been. Drop that flag. Pack it in. Tell you something. Episode 158 of Throw the Flag. We're trying something new these days. The world is turned upside down, and it's the off season, and we're probably not even going to play a 2020 season. Spring spring football has been canceled. The XFL has been canceled. Every uh, everything else dealing with the ball has been canceled. So uh, we're just going to turn this into ESPN Classic and uh, talk about old college football games. Just three men. That's where we are. I, I would offer this, guys. Um, ESPN's been showing WrestleMania, so technically, falling under the sports umbrella now is professional wrestling. Wow. And you guys are lucky enough to have an expert. Thank God. Thank God for that. Um, so we are we are being safe and socially dense distancing each other. We are not all in the same room. It's true. We're not on top of each other. <laughs> Uh, Somehow socially distancing each other sounds sexual as hell, mm -hmm. but that might be the quarantine talking. <laughs> Who am I fooling? The quarantine has not affected my... <laughs> Your horniness level? It has not affected my performance level oh, at all. Wow. Horniness through the roof, but performance ineffective. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, hey, why don't you, why don't you tell us uh, what we're, this, new, uh, this new series that we're doing here? So here's the deal. Boys, it is the offseason. Regardless of quarantine, it's still the offseason. We've raided the coaches. There's not a lot else for us to cover. So I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And Huntsville, Alabama's own Conrad Thompson is the number one guy in this field. So I want to give him credit for completely stealing his idea. And what he does is he will focus a podcast on a singular event. And the whole thing will be lead up to the event itself. And so if he was talking about WrestleMania, he would talk about, you know, the five shows that led up to that and some of the principal players. He would give a little backstory on them and he'd talk about what went on in the, the time leading up to the event. So we're going to select a singular event, in this case, a national championship game. And we're just going to talk about some things surrounding that game and the game itself. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. I think with uh, uh, your... <coughs> your uh, uh, Creel's level of, of recall, um, my strenuous note taking, and uh, your just overall demeanor, Hankins. I think we got a recipe for something good here. We're going to do it, guys. This is what's going to break us out. This is what's going to save America. I'm telling you what. So, for our first game that we're looking back on, 
Hankins, tell them what we're doing. We are looking at the national championship game, the great theft, as many people Oof. would call it, Ohio State versus Miami, a Miami team that was uh, the national champion in the previous year. Uh, the last time there was a plucky underdog Ohio State team. I think they entered a 13-point underdog or something like that. Yeah, Miami was favored by 11 and a half. Yeah, been the cardiac kids all year. Just a tough, plucky group led by no one you've ever heard of. (laughs) Um, Jim Trestle was somehow still the coach, and uh, they took on a Miami team that was absolutely loaded with a quarterback that was 38-2 and for his career. Mm, Wow. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's funny looking, looking at this Ohio state team, uh, oddly enough, Craig Krenzel, the quarterback for Ohio state was, uh, one of the few names that I actually did recognize. Yes. Because his name was Craig Krenzel, not for football because he had a wacky name. That's why you remembered it. Um, so this was, uh, this was the national championship game for the, the, uh, 2002 season, uh, technically taking place. On January, uh, in 2003. So it's the 2003 Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Um, so kind of surrounding this as, as you know, Hankins, you said the uh, Ohio State was a, was a plucky underdog at the time. This is, this is one of the, the first games that I can remember in a national championship really just not being able to choose who I could root for as an Alabama fan. I was team Miami by this time, like, you know, Miami had gone through their shit at that mm-hmm, point. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, the shine was off that rose. And after trouncing them in the 93 sugar bowl, all the venom was gone. Like, really? They were a beaten. Oh yeah. I was done. like, after you beat that ass, then I got to look back like, wow, that was a really good dynasty. We destroyed. <laughs> so uh, my hatred of Miami has been gone since then. Mm. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to go over sort of the history of Miami. Like uh, Hankins was, was alluding to in the, uh, they sort of rose to prominence in the eighties and nineties, won four national championships. Then they played Alabama and things sort of went off the rails. Uh, Dennis Erickson was there in 92 and they went 11 and one lost to Alabama. Um, the next year they went nine and three. Uh, Dennis Erickson ended up leaving for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they were under NCAA sanctions for a good bit of the mid nineties. Uh, Butch Davis took over in 95, um, kind of piddled around for a while, had some nine and three seasons dipped as low as five and six. But then the year 2000 came around, and they went 11 and one, including a win over Florida State in the regular season. Uh, they were sort of jilted out of playing for the national championship. They finished number two, and then 2001, they fielded one of the greatest teams ever, went 12 and 0, and they were riding like a 30-game winning streak going into uh, the national championship game with Ohio State. So they were sort of peak uh, Renaissance Miami. They were no longer the bad boys. Uh, they sort of sh- uh, shred that image. Uh, they were loaded with talent, but it definitely didn't have the same connotations of uh, players wearing camo, getting off an airplane. They sort of rehabilitated <laughs> rehabilitated their image. Um, and Ohio State, on the other hand, uh, like you said, during the 2002 season, uh, they started out the season ranked number 13 and kept winning every week and crept up the polls they had a lot of scary games where uh 
They probably should have lost, but pulled it out. They beat Wisconsin by five points, Penn State by six, uh, Purdue by four, Illinois by seven, and Michigan <laughs> by five. So they had a lot of uh, close wins, but it sort of built the, built the momentum throughout the season, and it made them battle-tested for a close game with Miami. I think this uh, in this game, you know, it, probably more so on the Miami side, um, is just insane if you look at these rosters, just the amount of future NFL talent. Um, of the 43 players who started, uh, Ohio State had one one player, Chris Gamble, who uh, he started both on offense and defense. 37 of them, 37 out of 43, were eventually NFL draft picks. Wow. Including eight, 18 first-rounders. And of the 100 players who played in the game, 52 went on to be drafted. Jesus Christ, that's insane. I mean, you like if you look at Miami, you have Willis McGahee, Andre Johnson, uh, Ken Dorsey, who's like bottom of the list, <laughs> like in talent probably on this team, Frank Gore, um, Roscoe Parrish, Kellen Winslow, the two, um, Andre Roll, Sean Taylor, Jonathan Vilma, Santonio Thomas, Vince Wilfork. Yeah, that's a good team. And some of those guys... Maybe not Hall of Famers, but decade-long NFL careers. These were not just, you know, if you look at if you looked at Alabama or LSU over the last period, a lot of those guys have gotten drafted. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, the Alabama running backs have typically underperformed. No quarterbacks. Um, the receivers, um, some of them have been standouts. Some defensive players that have been standouts, but not earth-shattering, game-changing, or, you know, really veteran status given to a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of those guys, I don't know where they are right now. But a lot of these Miami Cats, not only did they go on to perform well in the league, they also dot the ESPNs and Fox Sportses uh, as analysts as well. So they just were football lifers. Yeah. And it's uh... – Ohio State, on the other hand, you know, maybe maybe I just don't recognize a lot of a lot of the the names. Of course, Maurice Claret is probably the most memorable um, on this team, just for what happened with him after. Uh, yeah, not football. Yeah, he. Um, so Maurice Claret, help me remember here. Didn't he? He tried to go to the NFL. Hold, hold tight. I've got a. I've got a whole thing. Okay. I've got a whole okay. thing like we'll, 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 in a in a, <laughs> in, a uh, in a thing I like to call. The thug quotient. Ooh, we'll put a wow. pin in Murray's Claret for now. Wow. Um, uh, Nick Manigold, of course, was a was a NFL. Probably might still be uh, NFL uh, center for <laughs> for years and years. As a lineman, yeah. you can play for twenty five years. Exactly. Somehow the position that gets hit literally every time. It's amazing. Um, AJ Hawk was a you know a. a Second string, I think he was a freshman or sophomore. But Will Smith, I think, is one of the other most memorable names on, on the and roster. And Columbus Ohafios, where I played. <laughs> he he went on to be uh, drafted in the first round. Um, and uh, he, um, I believe, also went on to rec- uh, create I Am Legend. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, was, I forgot to mention that uh, we had two coaches that were in their second year at their schools larry coker had won the national championship his first go-round and it was trestle's second season at ohio state um he replaced john cooper who'd uh been at ohio state for like 15 years and had gotten ohio state real real close to winning it all a couple times but always uh stubbed his toe against michigan in the last game and 
Uh, he had a lot of pretty good seasons. He finished second twice, and then top 15 finishes throughout, but they ended up replacing him uh, with Jim Tressel, the sweater vest himself. God, from, from Youngstown. I was, I was shocked when I had the game on and I saw Tressel on the sideline because in my mind, it was always Cooper. Yeah. This was always Cooper's title. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember. Really? It. I had a lot of false memories about this game that I'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> um on the uh um on the uh the Ohio State coaching staff, you have uh um special teams uh coach Luke Fickle. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> He's currently was, at Cincinnati. Uh, warm fickle, am I right? <laughs> currently, he, he was at Ohio State the one year when Tressel got fired, like in June, and he was like a yeah. stopgap coach before they got Urban Meyer. And then, of course, Ohio State's defensive coordinator, now retired, uh, Sparty coach Mark D'Antonio. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um. So no clue. Had no clue of that. Yeah, no. Disgraced Sparty coach. God. <laughs> Mark D'Antonio. It's amazing. It's amazing with the um these these uh, coaching trees. Um Randy Shannon, of course, was the defensive coordinator at the time at uh at Miami. Um who went on to be a future fired coach from Miami as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um The Great Black Hope, Randy Shannon. Man. <laughs> They really, everybody wanted Randy Shannon to get that job. They then Randy did. Shannon got that job, and he said, oh, shit, I'm coaching Miami now, <laughs> not 20 years ago. God. This sucks. Yeah, I kind of I kind of called it. Uh, you know, I, I've never been a fan of people <laughs> with two first names as their name. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's the what writing was on the that's wall. That's what got him free. That's what got him, Freezer. <laughs> um, Craig Krenzel, by the way, uh, Ohio State quarterback, actually played two years in the, in the pros for the Bears in 04 and the Bengals in 05. Oh, practice what he's doing in now. 05. I'm going to look that up while while you talk about something else. See where he is. Um, Craig Krenzel, you said? Yeah. Craig Krenzel. I can tell you what he's not doing. Oh, what's that? He's not a doctor. Not a doctor. And I bring that up because okay. Keith Jackson spent an inordinate amount of time on this broadcast mm-hmm. telling me, oh, that's Craig Krenzel. He's studying to be a medical student, studying the heavy stuff, going to be a doctor after all this is over with. Mm-hmm. He said this 15 times on the broadcast. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get on the podcast and talk about Dr. Craig Krenzel. Well, I looked up. Craig Krenzel is not a doctor. He is not. He is, he is he currently is. a radio commentator for yes. WBNS 97.1 <laughs> The Fan. Which, you know, for a, for a former college athlete, that's sort of the, the track. That doesn't surprise yeah, he, me that he ended up there. It's a lot, a lot he'd of probably get some, some nice that. endorsement deals for sure, like, like local. like a Chevrolet like, and yeah, you know, yeah. Chick-fil-A. I'm Craig Krenzel, and we want to, I don't know. I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to make that joke. Um, so why don't we get into it? And, and Hankins, you, you had mentioned that this was, uh, you know, known for how it ended. Um, and like I said, because I just disliked both teams, I, um, really didn't care, um, about the pass interference controversy. But, um, so this is a game that never really, I, I think it's going to be boring. Let's start, if, let's if, start there. Cause I mean, we all know that we all know the ending. Yeah. So that, let's start there. So, in my mind, it was a dominant Miami performance. Mm-hmm. And then just at the end, 
they got a, a bum call <clears> and they lost the game. I I remembered McGahee getting injured, so I thought, well, yeah. maybe they were rocking and rolling. McGahee gets hurt, and somehow, nice. you know, a couple things happen. They were losing. They at had that five point. turnovers, mm-hmm. five turnovers in the <clears> game. <throat> Ohio State dominated the game on both sides of the ball until very late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, and then the pass interference. Uh, um, they still had to score again after that. Yeah. So, no, it's not even. It's not. It, yes, the pass interference was a terrible call. Mm. It was an absolutely terrible call on a play that would have ended the game yeah. for sure. But Ohio State had just as much right based on the uh, play of the game to win this thing, and quite frankly, more so. They didn't have five turnovers. <laughs> um, so just to kind of fast forward to the second overtime here, it's twenty four twenty four Ohio State uh, Miami and. Uh, the second overtime, this is, of course, after the horrifying injury that happened to Willis McGahee, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, yes. yes. Where he, you know, he tears three ligaments. Um, I mean, it's it's one of the it's one of those first the, the first uh, instances of an injury that you're like, holy shit, I do not want to ever see that again. Um, yeah. I, I covered my face as I watched the game. Like I knew it was coming. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna do a cover up on this, and uh, I'm not. And I thought maybe they would cut it out because I was watching like the edited. ESPN classic broadcast. Oh no, left all the replays in. Wow, left them all right in there for everybody to see. It's like no, thank you. They just okay kept replaying this. it too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And keep like, oh, that's a bad one, buddy. The only reason he didn't tear four ligaments because he didn't have any more. <laughs> My goodness. Hey, did did you appreciate having Keith Jackson on the call? Did a uh, did it bring a tear to your eye? Make you feel like an old man? Or how did how that make you feel? Because of his comments about Alabama. During the Mike Price scandal, I have I have grown angry with Keith Jackson all these years. What did he Whoa. say about Alabama? Oh, well, Mike Price was Keith Jackson's a Wazoo guy. Oh, um, that's his alma mater, and so oh, he did not like Alabama hiring their coach away, and then subsequently dismissing him for being super horny. Well, he was really um, horny in a time of not quarantine. <laughs> but I do have a note here that says <laughs> that says. Having become used to Chris Fowler's inappropriate yelling, mm-hmm. it was very strange to hear Keith Jackson be a professional broadcaster <laughs> in this game. Like, there's a touchdown um, late in the game. I think it might be McGahee runs one in, and Keith is like, well, there he goes. That's a touchdown. They, once it got around the end, nobody could catch him. Touchdown. That's, uh, Chris Fowler would have been I have to say, as as the ball I have to say, pitched. I am in love with your impression of Keith Jackson. It's 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 kind of got a little like hint of like uh, um, institutional racism, like like 1940s, like like uh, vaudeville. Like, say, buddy, would you, uh, who's on first? <laughs> yes. Um. Well, the second overtime. Uh, Ohio State got the ball first. Uh, the um, they um, at at the time I I forget. Did they start at the twenty five? What what were the actual overtime rules? Oh goddamn! How did you how did you, how did you do it? So um, my there, god, there is a point in the broadcast. There is a point where um, I I don't know who is on color, and I apologize. I'm going to assume it's greasy. So for the the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say Greasy. It might be someone else. But Your announcers. Greasy starts. Uh, Keith Jackson, Dan mm-hmm. Fouts, Lynn Swan, and Todd Harris, last two on the side. It's Fouts. It's Dan Fouts. Yeah. I got my white old quarterbacks mixed up. Institutional racism. Uh, but 
Mm-hmm. Fouts. Uh, Keith Jackson starts to explain the overtime rules at about four and a half minutes left. The game is not even tied at this point. Um, he's explaining the overtime rules and how great it is. This this might have been. It's probably is the first national championship maybe to go to overtime. Yeah, it was. Um, but he starts mm-hmm. to explain the rules, and then Fouts cuts him off like, ah, Keith, we'll get to that later. And I'm like, man, Dan Fouts was already tired of this shit. Little did he know, <laughs> <laughs> 20 years later, we'd still be doing this. <laughs> um, in the uh, – so we are in the um, this, the second overtime, and Hengis, do you want to take – or Creel, do you want to take us through that pass interference call? Uh, so I don't have the, the down and distance in front of me, um, but the game was tied. Uh, Miami taking the lead, and uh, it was a fourth down, right, Hankins? Yes, it was fourth down and um, like fourth and ten or something like that, and there's just a throw into the end zone um, to get them there, and it is it falls incomplete. the most ticky-tack. Yes. It falls incomplete. Uh, the Miami fans and players start celebrating uh but it turns out maybe 10 seconds after sort of the whistle there is a flag on the field we got some laundry referee initially signals incomplete correct and i believe it was the same referee who then's like nah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the the pass um pass at the end of the first overtime was ruled incomplete by the side judge a few seconds later another Official threw a flag, initially signaling holding before changing the call to a pass interference against Miami. When asked why it took him so long to make the call, official Terry Porter said he wanted to make sure that the call was correct, explaining, I replayed it in my mind. I wanted to make double sure it was the right call. (laughs) 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 Official Terry Porter, former point guard for the 1990s (laughs) Portland Trailblazers. Hell yeah. Um, To even get to that point, though, Ohio State had converted a fourth and 15. Yeah. To even get to that point. Um, announcer Dan Fouts <laughs> loudly shouted, bad call, after the pass interference. Yeah. <laughs> he did, he did. I, I have an <laughs> uncle who's a big Miami fan. He, he lives in Miami and lives in Breeze, you know, all Miami sports. Not just uh, the Miami Hurricanes, but the Heat, the Dolphins, and Marlins. And uh, every time he sees Ohio State on the football, uh, you know, TV Saturday, he, he complains about that call. Like, it's 17 years later, and... He still brings it up, so um, I can imagine we'll do the same thing uh, whenever Auburn plays, you know, Alabama in football, and uh, it's like, hey, give them another second to kick that field goal, right, ref? Got to make sure that they're ready for it. God, it, it's, waka waka. Yeah. So um, I mean, it, ter- it, it was a, it was a ticky tacky foul, but you know, if if it's if it's a penalty in the first minute, it should be the penalty in the last minute. I don't think it was a penalty at all. Um, it, it was a bad call. It was just like the, the defender got there after the ball did. There was none of the trademark like clutching and grabbing of the jersey. Unless something happened prior to the camera being over there, um, then it should not have been called. And even if something happened prior to the camera being over there, that meant the ball hadn't been thrown yet. So it should have been holding, which doesn't change the outcome much, but it was just the wrong call, regardless. Um, guys, we have uh, we have a friend of the show who uh, wrote extensively on this. Um, CBS no. Sports, Dennis Dodd. <laughs> that son of a bitch. 
bitch. I saw a piece somewhere before the BCS title game on Porter and his refusal to back down from doing anything wrong. I've written about his call extensively over the year. It wasn't until I saw that piece again recently made me uh, that I realized how much Porter had choked. What the piece failed to mention is that the Big 12 tried to spin it a different way. The flag wasn't for pass interference. It was holding. It appears that Miami's Glenn Sharp did hold Chris Gamble off the line, but that would make the call even more ridiculous. That means Porter threw the flag a good 10 seconds after the snap. <laughs> yes, a good 10 seconds after the play was over. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're like, no, no, there was a hold on that. There's, prob- there's probably a hold. Right? There's holding on every play. There's holding on every play. <laughs> he just can you imagine if this happened now? Oh my god, it'd be it'd be insane. Um, it should also be noted that Dodd later changed his opinion and wrote the following: Terry Porter was right. Six and a half Whoa. months after the most controversial call of the bowl championship series era, the Big Twelve field judge has been vindicated. That son of a bitch is the worst. <laughs> yeah, he's a flip flopper. I, I you gotta you gotta keep a keep a point in. Hold true to it. Stop flopping your flips. In two thousand, Dodd. In two thousand seven, the call was selected by Referee Magazine as one of the best eighteen <laughs> calls Wait of all minute. time. Well, I'm going to call a timeout on that. Um, how do I subscribe to this publication? Yeah, is it weekly or monthly or semi-monthly? It's got to be like <laughs> quarterly, semi-monthly, but weekly during the season. Or may- maybe sometimes they put out those uh, those double those double issues. Uh, and they don't have to do it. How many times has Ed Hockley's arms been on the cover of Referee Magazine? <laughs> referee Googling re, uh, Referee Magazine just brings you to referee.com. So Ooh. I'm sure it's an online publication only. Oh, um, son of a bitch. But yes, despite being praised by refs, the call has generally, be, generally been criticized um, by college football fans. I think the, 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 the reason why it, it's criticized so harshly is it was... First of all, it decided the game. Um, second of all, it was a late call. And then third of all, on instant replay, it didn't look like anything happened. So those three yeah. things are just uh, gasoline on a fire on a stick of dynamite. So it was just a, a like a compounding and, of and errors. You, you add to that the immediacy of Dan Fouts yelling, no, bunk him. Yeah. And because Fouts carries a certain ethos with him, he is a former quarterback. Um, so yeah. it is odd. You know, that guy's not even taken up for the offense in this scenario. Um, it is the call went against Miami. So with so many people um, quickly saying this is bunk him, and it's Miami. So it, it was it was a tough one. Uh, Freezer, you want to tell us how, the, how both these teams got there? Uh, sure. So, um, like I said earlier, uh, Miami was the defending national champion. They pretty much breezed through the regular season. Uh, they started out the season ranked number one. Um, their closest game was a 28-27 win over Florida State in which Florida State missed a field goal at the end of the game. Mm. Um, but was that one that, of the many they, wide, wide lefts or wide right? This was, uh, this was the, the first wide lefts. Um, mm. Uh, but let's see. Yeah, Miami was still in the Big East at the time. They played three, four ranked teams during the season. They beat Florida in week number two. They beat Florida State in mid-October. They played a ranked pit team, which was weird, in November. And then they beat Virginia Tech <laughs> hey, in November. We're ranked. Hey. So um, Miami was, was riding high. Dorsey, I think, was like a Heisman finalist. He didn't win it that year. 
Um, but they were semi sort of built up to be invincible. Uh, they returned a lot of the key parts of the team that won the national championship the year prior. Um, Ohio State, on the other hand, uh, they won the Big Ten, but they had a couple, uh, numerous close calls throughout the season. Um, Ohio State beat Indiana that year. Um, any guesses on who the Indiana head coach was in 2002? Golly, it's not. Lee Corso's the only other Indiana coach I know off the top of my head, and he wasn't Sarah there. Wallace. In... <laughs> Gosh, I have no idea. It was Jerry DiNardo. Oh, Somehow. Yeah. It was Jerry DiNardo. Did not do well. Um, Ohio State also beat Illinois' Ron Turner that year. Freezy, you got any thoughts on Illinois head coach Ron Turner? The previous year, uh, Illinois made it to the Sugar Bowl and had won the Big Ten outright. So he was the greatest coach of this millennium for Illinois. He should be rehired <laughs> post-haste. Oh, won boys. the Big Ten, boys. Won the Big Ten. Won the Big Ten. He did it. He won the Big Ten. All the while with a uh, very sub-500 record while at the school. 0-11, um, 3-8, and 8-4, 5-6, 10-2, 5-7, 1-11, 3-8. and Ron Turner but, at Illinois. But that 10-2, baby. Pretty good. God, I hope Illinois goes ten and two so bad next year. Never. It'll never happen. You want to put a bet on that? <laughs> ten and two. I'll give I you really good odds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm trying to think of of other like any like major rule changes for that. Um, the uh, in in 2002 uh, that season the rule changes were. Uh, the penalty for violating the so-called halo rule without making contact um, was increased from five yards to there ten was, yards. There Th- was a big to do about that in the game. Doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like? Doesn't it seem like that rule has been changed every three years for the past twenty years? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, appara- and now there's so many fair catches that you seem to never see it anyway. So yeah. I don't know the last time I saw it get called. <laughs> um. All players were were henceforth required to wear face masks of the same color. Ah, okay. Um, was that a problem before? <laughs> apparently, it was <laughs> rampant enough that they had to make a rule. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, we we could go play by play of this game, but I think that's kind of boring. So, uh, hey. oh God, no, no, this game was awful. <laughs> It was not a good game at all. It yeah. was the, the, Miami turned the ball over just about. So there was one interesting play that I had no recollection of. Um, but Maurice Claret pulled a George Teague in this game. Did he? Uh, how and so? it stood. Which George so Teague? So Sean, Sean, which George Teague? Well, yeah, that, I mean, that, you're right. There are there are two famous George Teague moments. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, so Sean Taylor intercepts the ball down on the Ohio State goal line, and he's returning it. Um, and fucking Claret just runs him down, <laughs> grabs the ball, and takes it from him. God. As they're going down, he just rips it out. And, like, I said, wait a minute. My Ohio State's got the ball. To, he just George Teagued him, and this one stood, and we never talk about it because, you know, Mo had some other stuff go on, and there was a big pass interference later in this Miami game. just can't get – Miami just – that just always happens to Miami, I guess. 
yeah, national championship games, Miami is guaranteed to have someone just walk up and take the ball from Once them. every nine years. Um, or ten years, I guess. Um, so, why don't we talk about Maurice Claret? Um, am Let's I, talk about Mo. Am I remembering this correctly that... So, the, the rule as it stands now and as it was back then, uh, you have to be three years separated from your high school graduation to declare from the draft. That is correct. Which means you have to be a true junior or a redshirt sophomore. Yes. Correct. Maurice, Maurice Claret attempted to enter the 2004 NFL draft, but he was a true sophomore. Yes. And I think Mike, like Mike Williams from USC tried to try to do it that year too. Yes. Um, All accurate. And this, I mean. I'm sure some lawyer had told them that he had enough stroke to get it done. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. I mean, this. His agent at the time was Drew Rosenhaus, which is some big Miami-based agent. So that's sort of, he got in his ear and said, hey, you can win. We can fight this. And so they tried and failed spectacularly. Um, He, uh, this actually went, um. All the way up to uh, the United States Court of Appeals, um, who uh, actually had it decided on by future Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. And she ruled against him, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. How about that fun fact for a football podcast? He came back to Ohio State the next year. Um, So he was then dismissed... I believe early dismissal. Um, was it because yeah. he signed with an agent, or was it uh, like violation of tables? It was. It was armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is terrible. He 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 really ruined his life. I, I feel bad laughing. Um, he in February two thousand five he participated in the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. During a press conference, he uttered the phrase, "It's a humbling thing being humble." After running a disappointing 4.72 and 4.82 in the 40-yard dash. Wow. That's like... That's like linebacker, like like that's, big, yeah. heavy yeah. like linebacker numbers. Yes. Yeah, there are linemen that go sub-5 now. God. Which, you know, the world's a lot different now. Um, but, you know, he also got, uh, also got caught transporting a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. Front seat. And Front seat did some car. time. Yeah, um, was a was a pill addict. Admitted to that. But now, guys, guess what? Fellow podcaster, I thought he was- has a podcast called called Business and Biceps, no. and is a mental health advocate and admitted sufferer from mental health. So his status on the Thug Quotient is currently inactive. I thought he was dead. That is Lawrence Phillips. I say that because I had to go look it up too. <laughs> hey, good for him. You know, I mean, this is uh, you know after after Ron Artest had some had some anger issues and some Meta some troubles, piece. he also became a mental health advocate. So good for him. Now, also in this game was Kellen Winslow Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned, Mo was an armed robber and a gun toter. Mm-hmm. In college, and he was vilified for this. Um, Winslow was also vilified in college for saying he was a soldier. Yeah. yeah. That got him in a lot of hot water for some reason. Um, he was eventually drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, then, after some troubles, he uh, is currently serving 
18 years on burglary wow. and a sexual battery of an unconscious teen Ooh. and also a 54-year-old hitchhiker. But I got some good news for you on this front, too. His scheduling has most likely been postponed due to our current circumstances. So, <laughs> just sitting and waiting on some time. Oh, I, th- I, thought, I thought you were going to say he's out. They, You know, they, they let a lot of prisoners out because, you know, if they're non-violent offenders, they didn't want the prisons overcrowded. He is so definitely not that. So, he's, he's <laughs> currently behind bars just awaiting future sentencing? Yes, okay. he is awaiting. It it was scheduled originally for March eighteenth. Ah, so <laughs> wait, so I thought. Wait, so what's the eighteen years then? He is. He is. That's what's on the table. Oh, but they have it. not actually sentenced him. If you look yeah, at his, sorry, Wik- I did some. If you look at his Wikipedia page, this is not something I should be laughing at. But like, there there are two paragraphs uh, in his initial bio before it gets to the table of contents and all the. You know, here's how he played in 2006, and he had a motorcycle in, in, uh, accident in 2005. Uh, Kenneth Boswell Winslow is a former American, f- former professional football player, blah, 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 blah. Uh, unanimous All-American honors, blah, 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 blah. Winslow was drafted by Cleveland Browns, et cetera, et cetera. He also Cleveland played for, drafted, that's right. He, he also played for the Bucks, the Patriots, and the Jets, period. End of first paragraph. Se- second paragraph in full. He was convicted of rape in 2019. That's it? That's it. I don't know he why. Was, he That's was very, the victim. He was convicted of rape. Oh, I thought you said the victim. Okay, convicted. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Um, the I am a soldier controversy really uh, seems quaint nowadays. Well, it was a different time back then. He was, you know, there was a war going on, and he he when he oh, said he, it, he was very forceful about it, and he cursed, too. He said, I'm an effing soldier. Because some Ooh. press guy like asked him a question he didn't like to hear, so you know there was a war. <laughs> Salute the troops and whatnot. Sure, Do you remember sure. where you were when the towers fell? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Ryman, he did not. Ryman Bin Laden with "Have You Forgotten?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Hankins, you got any? Uh, got any other notes? Hankins has left the building. Um, it appears that this is the end of the episode, Creel. How do you feel yeah. about our first walk down memory lane here? Well, th- this was a this was a good one. I remembered a, a lot about this game, and I think we discussed most of the points I wanted to get at. Um, as far as like uh, trajectories of where these teams went after this game, yeah. Um, so Miami uh, finished number two that year. The next year they were number five. They fell to 11, then 17th, and then the very next season, which is 2006, Larry Coker's last year, he went 7-6. and six. He was fired, replaced by Randy Shannon, who was there for five years, fired, uh, was replaced by Al Golden, who was there for one, two, three, six years, and fired. Covered up those abortions. And then replaced by Mark Richt, uh, who was there for three years, and then there was There was no coach between Al Golden and Mark Richt. Uh, there was an interim coach, so yeah, wow. I guess there was. Um, so yeah, but anyway, in the, in the season since then, let me count one, two, three, four, five, six. There's been 18 seasons since that 2002 season for Miami, and they've only finished ranked uh, six times out of the last 18 years. So it was sort of a, a pinnacle point in their program. If they'd won, um, you know, maybe things would have turned out differently. Uh, this is clearly sort of 
the Butch Davis's framework and players. They were they won Larry Coker his, that first national championship in 01. Uh, a lot of the key parts were still there in 02, and then the wheels started falling off in 03 and 04. Um, yeah. It was just Larry Coker's players and program. So that's kind of a, about how Miami's done the past 18 years. And Ohio State, um, the next year in 2003, they finished fourth. Uh, with Jim Trestle there, they were always cranking out double-digit win seasons up until uh, Trestle's last season, which was 2010, when he went 12-1 and and then stepped down uh, during the offseason. Uh, Trestle took him to two other BCS championship games in, in six and seven, um, and then they've had Urban Meyer and success since then. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see like what, um, how these, you know, the outcome of, you know, what can even be one bad or very correct call, um, can change the trajectory of the, um, you know, I think Larry Coker for me is always kind of remembered as like a mastermind and, you know, one of the most successful coaches, uh, in recent history, but you know, I mean, he he just couldn't do it with his own players. He he was definitely there and he, he held, he held the talent together for a couple of years, and then it fell off. But kudos to him for winning the national championship. There's not a lot of people that do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going to the championship twice in a row. And, hey, that 2006 MPC Computers Bowl win was, uh, you know, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, that's, uh, they, you know, it's it's up there. Beating an 8-4 and four Nevada Wolfpack 21-20. <laughs> Um, well, I guess that's it guys. Uh, so I think the, you know, we're going to keep doing this and, um, uh, I think the next, uh, next week, um, let's take a look at Auburn versus Oregon in the, uh, in the championship, uh, Auburn's first championship since 1957. I believe it's the 2010 BCS championship game. All right. Sounds good. That's what we're going to take a look. So do your homework, follow along. Uh, go to ttfnetwork.com. Uh, if you'd like to support us in a more personal way, go to patreon.com slash ttf. It's been episode 158 of Throw. Well, it was just a boy away from home. And you were singing the song. You'll never walk alone.